Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message by Senior Pastor Chris Valdez. Well, good morning. It is good to see y'all this morning. If you're a visitor, I just want to welcome you again. We're just so glad that you're with us. And, and whether or not you brought an item for the potluck or not, we do invite you to stay with us afterward. There will be plenty for everybody. <laughs> we got you covered. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you have your Bible, uh, turn to Matthew chapter 4. And we'll get there in just a moment. What we're going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks is following Jesus Christ. He said he called us to follow me. And and there's so much to this, the relationship that he's calling us to. When Jesus came to earth, he didn't just come to to forgive us of our sins or provide us a way um, out of our guilt. He came because he was restoring a relationship that had been broken between us and the Father. When Adam and Eve sinned, they broke that relationship. And, and the whole Old Testament is about God working and, and showing us what, what it's like with that relationship broken. And when Jesus came, he restored that relationship. And so we find ourselves in two places this morning. We uh, are either in a relationship with Jesus Christ or we're not. Every one of us falls in one of those places. Everyone in, in this city, everyone in this world is either in a relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ or they're not. And I ran across a quote a couple of weeks ago. And I think I've heard it before and you probably have too. But it, it just kind of reiterated this fact in our search for meaning, you know, well, we call it meaning or the purpose of life or happiness. Uh, and, and we describe it in so many different ways. And this this quote says there's there's two reasons for our unhappiness. And many of you are probably thinking now I could think of a lot more than two reasons that I'm unhappy. But I, I guarantee once you once you hear these two, once again, they would all fit in these two in these two buckets. So there's two reasons for our unhappiness. The first is not getting what you want. We just don't get what we're seeking after. The second reason is getting what you want. And kids, I I really want you, I hope y'all can can pay attention. I'll try to make this as entertaining as possible to keep your attention this morning. But I guarantee if you don't get this this morning, sometime in your life, you're going to look back at this and, and understand. Because the adults in here that laughed, what they know is they've... They've gone after those things. We see something or we, whether it's a job or so much money or a relationship with another person or something, we just make that our goal. And we think if I can get that, whatever that is, then I'll be fulfilled. I'll be happy. This hole inside me will, will finally be filled and I'll be content. And what either happens is we spend our whole life going after that thing and never get it, never attain it, never fulfill that hole so we're never happy. Or one day you actually acquire that thing and you realize that wasn't it. You finally got it and I'm still not happy. I'm still not whole. I'm still not fulfilled. And either a couple of things can happen at that point. We go into a state of despair because... You know, the whole world doesn't work like I thought it was. I thought if I could get that thing, I would be happy. And now I did and I'm not. We find Christ and we come to a relationship with the Father and we actually get what really will make us whole. 
or we pick something else and just say, I was going after the wrong thing. It wasn't this, but I think if I can get that, (laughs) then I'll be happy. Then I'll be fulfilled. And so we start all over again in this search of finding that thing. But again, we're, we're either going to be happy because we don't get what we think we want or because we finally do and it wasn't what we needed. There's literally only one thing that will fulfill that in our life, and it's a relationship with Jesus Christ that restores our relationship with the Father. And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning and in, in the coming weeks. And there is a requirement on us in this, in this process where Jesus calls us to follow him. And if you turn to Matthew chapter 4, uh, go ahead and look at verse 18 now. It'll be up on the screen If you don't have your Bible with you, Matthew chapter four, verse 18, while walking by the sea of Galilee, he, and this is talking about Jesus, saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and they followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James and the son of the son of Zebedee and John, his brother in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them immediately. They left the boat and their father and followed him. There's a few things that I want to point out in this passage. And the first is that he called them to follow him. He was inviting them into a relationship with him. The second thing is that. When they followed him, they literally left everything behind. So they dropped their nets. They dropped their livelihood. They were leaving their family to follow this guy they'd never met before. And finally, they had no idea where they were going. They were just putting their whole trust in this guy who just came up to him and said, follow him. But something about him, something about this encounter, something about this invitation into a relationship with this man was compelling enough that they dropped everything and they followed him. I want to look at this word follow real quick. Uh, it comes from a Greek word. Two, it's actually two Greek words. In English, we just translate it as one, but it's deote and opizo. And the first means come, come here or come now. It, it has uh, the sense of urgency tied to the word. Uh, if, if you're a parent, you know that you've, you've talked to your kids. You're like, come here, come here right now. <laughs> this instant, I want you to come right now. That's what this word has with it. It's like this, this sense of urgency of, of right now, come. And then the second word, opizo, is an adverb that means after or behind. So in English, it can be translated as follow me, come after me, or come behind me. But all of them come with that sense of urgency. And it makes sense because when we read that passage, it says immediately they dropped their nets and followed him. It wasn't like they said, um, well, Lord, let us finish what we're doing here. Um, we're about, you know, we're almost done with it for the day. We'll go have dinner and then we'll talk about this thing that you're talking about. You know, what you mean by coming after you or falling. What, what, do you, what do you mean? No, immediately it says they dropped what they were doing and followed him, not knowing where they were going, not knowing what this relationship was going to tell. They just, they left everything behind and followed him. And that's 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 an inherent fact about following someone is that if you're following someone, you don't know where you're going. 
we've all, uh, at least adults and, and, and maybe some kids, but we've all followed someone somewhere where we didn't know where we were going. You know, you may have, you're in two separate cars and somebody hasn't been to this place before and you say, oh, just, just follow me. Well, the only reason they would be following you is if they don't know where they're going. If I know how to get there, I'm not going to follow you because my way is probably better. <laughs> I know the shortcut, you know. Kenny and I always argue about the, like going to the same place two different ways. And we're, my way is faster. No, my way is faster. Well, you go your way. I'm going <laughs> I'm to go my way. But I'm not going to follow you if I know where I'm going. So the whole inherent thing here is that Jesus was saying, come to a place that you don't know. I'm going to take you somewhere that you don't know how to get. You're going to have to follow me. You're going to have to trust me in this journey. So let's take a look at what is, is, is required in this relationship. And there's going to be three things. I, I want to share real quick an example of, of this happening in, in my life and in, in Candy's life. Before we do, uh, many of you know, uh, for those of you who don't, I'll try to give a little bit of a background. My background was actually in IT, and I was in IT for like 15 plus years, uh, maybe close to 17. Anyway, um, 10 years I was at a company called Hastings Entertainment, and in that IT department, and, but I always felt like God had called me into ministry. And so at the end of, of that 10 years at Hastings, uh, the Lord opened up another door to go to AIG NIT. And so I got a phone call and these people were asking me to go there. And I really just didn't want to because I was like, God, you called me to ministry. I'm in a place I really don't want to be in in IT, but I know where you've called me. And so what's the point of going to another job in IT that I don't want to be at? I don't want to be here. I don't want to be there. I want to be, you know, where you're calling me where I thought he was calling me and Jesus is saying, follow me. And I followed him to that place that I was at, even though I didn't want to be there over and over and over. He reassured me, this is where I put you. This is where you're supposed to be. But I was like, but this isn't where I want to be. And so now he's asking me to follow him to somewhere else. I don't want to be. And we prayed about it and really felt like God, he was calling us to go there. And so I said, okay, Lord, I don't want to go, but I'll follow you there. Well, so then fast forward five years, I ended up being at that company five years. God did lots of things there. It definitely was him that took us there for many reasons. Um, but at the end of that five years, uh, and during that whole time, I still thought, okay, God, you're going to call me into ministry, this place that I really want to go. And um, so we get a phone call and it's to come here to Lampasas, to a place we had never heard of before, never even heard of the name. Um, literally had to have the pastor that called me repeat it like three times. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? Lamb, Lamp- what? <laughs> and so, um, you know, Kenny and I prayed and sought the Lord. And this really was kind of another example. It was like, okay, Lord, I want, this is, it's finally to the thing that I wanted, where I wanted to follow you. But it's not to the place that I wanted to follow you. We were like, God's going to call me into ministry, but it was going to be in Amarillo. It was going to be in the panhandle with the parents, with the family, with, you know, where our kids had grown up, where all of our friends are, where where we were connected. But he said, no, I'm calling you to a new place in this thing that you knew you were called to. I was like, but but that's not where we want to go, (laughs) you know. And we had a choice, and that's something else we're going we're to see here this morning, is when we choose to follow him, there's that first step 
that gets us in relationship with him that we would call salvation, you know, coming into that relationship that our sins are forgiven. And that is what Jesus uh, does for us. But it's for the purpose of that relationship with the father. And he, he gets us there. And at that point, we're in relationship with him for the rest of our lives and for all eternity. And over and over and over and over, we're going to have the opportunity to follow him again or decide to stay where we are. And that's, that's what we're, we're going to look at a little, little bit deeper and, and what this requires of us. So in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, and this will be up on the screen, Jesus told them exactly what following him would require. He said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So we have to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him. Before we go on, I just want to dig into that word deny. It comes from another Greek word. Doesn't really matter which one because you won't know what it is anyway. And I can't pronounce it. But it comes from a Greek word and it means no acquaintance with or no connection with. Deny yourself. You know, Jesus said that when we come to him, he says, I will make everything new. All things have passed away. All things have become new. We're literally a new creation. We're reborn. We, we spent four weeks talking about our identity in Christ, how God literally makes us an entirely new thing. If you didn't hear uh, any of the messages the last four weeks, I would encourage you to go back on our website or our podcast and listen to those about who we are in Christ, what our identity in Christ is and means. And that, that is... That is what he does in that relationship. But then, so he's saying, look back at the life you had before and totally deny any connection with it. It would be like me saying, do you know John Doe? And you saying, no, I, I've never met him before. I have no knowledge of him, no connection with him. That's the same way that we should look at our life before Christ. He would say, do you know Chris Valdez? And I would say, no, not the old one. I have no knowledge of, no connection with him. All of that's been left behind. I am now a new creation in Christ Jesus. He's in me. I'm totally new. None, all of that's passed away. I have no connection with that anymore. I'm following Christ. Everywhere he goes, everywhere he leads me, that I'm all about him and the relationship that he restored between me and the Father. That's who I am. And that's where I live. And that's what I walk in. And that's what he's saying we have to do is deny that old life and take up our cross and then follow him. This morning as I was praying about the, the taking up our cross, I was, I, I'm sure you've heard lots of different things and descriptions of what, what that means. But really what I, what I felt like the Lord was saying was when, when Jesus himself went to the cross, it says he prayed to the Father and said, if there's any other way, if there's any other way to go, let's do that. This is, this is going to be hard. My flesh doesn't want to go through this. I don't want to go that route. And then he says, but... But if it's your will, if this is where we have to go, then your will be done, not my will. Jesus says, I'm going to follow you, Father, wherever you lead me, wherever you take me. And so he himself laid down that desire. And that's what we come up to when we when he's saying, are we going to take up our cross? He's going to ask you like he asked me and like he asked Candy over and over and over to go places that you don't want to go. To let go of something that you don't want to let go of. To literally 
move somewhere else at times to say, and you're like, Lord, I don't want to go there. But he says, follow me. Come with me. I'm going to take you to a good place and I will be with you. You can trust me. So let's look at the bigger picture of where that statement comes from. It's in Matthew 16, verses 21 through 24. He says, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. So Jesus is telling them what's going to happen to him, where he has to go, what has to happen. And Peter rebukes him and says, no, I don't want you to go there and I don't want to go there. And Jesus says, you're putting your eyes on the things of man, not on the things of God. You're seeking what you want and what your flesh wants, not what the Father's will is. And there's times over and over and over that we're called to go to places that we don't want to go. And we get to decide again, are we going to follow? Are we going to let go of what we're holding on to and go with him? Or are we going to say, not now, Lord. I want to stay here. I've made a, a, a comfortable place here. A while back, we, I, I showed you all an example of, of a field with sheep in it. And a, and a shepherd came and he called the sheep. And the sheep just, from the sound of his voice, they know his voice and they follow him. And all the sheep come running. And we talked about how there's times that God puts us in a pasture. And it's there for a while. He had us in Amarillo for, for close to 20 years. And we were comfortable there. We, we had just gotten into a house that was like Candy's dream house. We'd been there just a year. And we'd made roots there. We were like, God had put us in this field, in this pasture, and said, be here. And so we set up shop. You know, we we're like, we're going to get comfortable here. We don't know how long we're going to be here. We liked it there. And then one day he comes and called us in and said, we're going to go to a new field. And we we're like, but we just... <laughs> We just got this. We've barely been in this house a year. We love this house. We love our families. We love this community. We love our church. We love this place. And he says, I know. But I'm taking you here and I want you to follow me. And we had to decide, are we going to follow him? Or are we going to say, no, we're going to stay here. And the truth is, we would have gotten another chance at some point. Like, uh, you know, the, the Israelites in, in Egypt, uh, in, in the desert, you know, they just kind of went round and round and round for 40 years. And they would kind of come back around. It's like, God's like, are you, have you learned your lesson yet? Are you ready to follow me yet? No? Okay, well, wait a while. And any one of you who have followed him for any length of time, know you've got your own testimony you know there's times that God has come to you and called you to follow him and you answered and you went and it was hard. And the truth is obedience and following him in fear is still obedience. We didn't know. We weren't sure. But we stepped out and then he's like, oh, wow, this is this is what you were bringing us to. And it wasn't in a moment. <laughs> in the case of coming here, it was literally years. 
years of being here before it fully was like, okay, God, this is what, what you had. This is what you were bringing us to. It wasn't in a moment, but then you see, and then he calls you again. It's like, Lord, I'm afraid again. And he's calling us into things and into places where we know that unless he's with us, there's no way that we could accomplish what he's calling us to or that we could do it or that we even have the desire, like Peter said, I don't want to go there. I don't want you to die. Far be it from you, Lord. And Jesus is saying, no, but this is where we have to go. And he's calling us and we get to decide over and over and over. Are we going to follow him? The, the prodigal son came to mind this morning uh, as Pastor Joe and I were talking about this. And it just reminded me that so that the prodigal son left the father. But he didn't stop being the father's son. He was still a son. He just left the relationship. He went out and he dealt with the circumstances. It was a horrible life. And he had those consequences he was still in a relationship in a sense or relational with him because he was still a father. It was like a relative. He was still his relative. He was still his son, but he didn't have a relationship with him. It took him realizing, I'm in the wrong place. I left where I was supposed to be. I'm going to go back to the father. And that's what it's like when Jesus calls us to follow him and we say no. He's like, because I guarantee you, Jesus will not follow you. He's not an add-on to our life. We don't get to do what we want to do and go where we want to do and just say, Lord, I, I want to get to heaven. I want my sins forgiven. And I want you to make my life a lot better and, and make everything that I want happen the way that I want to happen. That's, that's not how it works. He says, follow me. And he said, anyone who follows me is going to have to deny any relationship, any knowledge of the self of who we were at one time and come into a new life, a new creation in Him and pick up our cross and the places that we don't want to go, the things that we don't want to do. We have to say, yes, I'm willing to do that because that's what you're calling me to do. And He says, and then follow me. Be with me in that. So, at the end of this, in, in Matthew 26, when we get to the end of this story that, that many of us know well, Jesus is about to go to the cross. And he's telling the disciples that they're all going to deny him. The funny thing is we, we kind of look at this story and we always focus on Peter because it seems like he's singled out or called out. But the truth is Jesus, in verse 31 uh, of Matthew 26, says, all of you are going to fall away. He says it's been prophesied that the shepherd will be struck and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Jesus is saying, I'm just telling you the truth. I'm telling you what's going to happen before it happens. All of you are going to fall away. But Peter has a response and it's his response that that brings the focus on him. Peter speaks up and says in verse 33, Though they all fall away, I will never fall away. How'd you like to be one of the other 11? <laughs> he just threw you under the bus. He's like, yeah, all these other, I could see them falling away, Lord. <laughs> None of these guys are as committed as I am, but not me, Lord. I'm going to follow, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. I will never fall away. The other guys are probably like, Peter, why are you dragging us into it? We were just sitting here. 
Leave us out of it. Peter's also saying something else in this statement. He's saying, yeah, Jesus, you might be right about these other guys, but you're wrong about me. You don't know me. You don't know whether or not I would, because I know I'd, I'd follow you. So he's saying, Jesus, you're wrong. And this is when Peter gets the specific response. And Jesus says, Peter, not only are you going to deny me. And remember what that word deny means. I have no association with. I have no connection with. I do not know who this person is. And Jesus says, you're not just going to do it once, Peter. You're going to do it three times. Three times you're going to say, I don't know who he is. I have no connection with that man. And guess what? Peter still can't keep his mouth shut. He has a response to this too. And he says, no, Lord, even if I must die, I will not deny you. So before he just said, I'm not going to leave, I won't fall away. Now he's saying, Lord, I, I die before I do what you're saying. And then all the disciples speak up. The Bible says that they all say the same thing. Yep, we're with Peter. We'll all die before we deny you. And, and I think Jesus kind of just let it drop. With that. He's like, look, I told you what's going to happen. I'm not going to convince you at this point. You know, we, we got to go. But they were all wrong. And Jesus was right. Not only did they all deny Jesus and scatter, just like he said they would. Peter denied him three times, just like he said he would. And, and, and the Bible says that he, he and Jesus caught eyes after the third time, and the rooster crowed, and it says Peter runs away and wept bitterly. He was broken. There's one other scripture that I want us to look at in Luke, Luke 22, verse 31 through 33. It's an interesting detail that Luke adds that Matthew leaves out. And this is Jesus talking to Peter before this all happens. And he says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. He's literally turning away. It's like the, the example I gave with the prodigal son. Jesus is saying, follow me, come with me. He gave them the, the recipe for following him. Deny yourself. Have no connection with yourself. But instead, they're going to say, no, we have no connection with Jesus. But Jesus says, I know this is going to happen. Satan's asked to put you through this trial and he's going to. And you're going to deny me. And you're going to turn away. Jesus said, here's where I'm going. Follow me. And he's like, no, Peter, this is the way you're supposed to go. But you are going to turn away. And stop following me for a period of time. But I've prayed for you. And you're going to come back. And when you come back, strengthen your brothers. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to follow him. We're called to encourage one another, lift one another up, walk together in relationship. As we walk in this relationship with Jesus Christ and following him wherever he takes us, wherever he leads us. And over and over and over, we have that opportunity to follow him again. 
when he comes to that place that we've been for a while and he says, I know you've grown here. I know I've done a lot of work in you here, but it's time to move on. It's time to go to a new place. And we're holding all these things that we've gathered while we've gotten there, just like they were holding their nets and their their provision and everything that they had. And he says, follow me, follow me now. And we can look and we can look at what we have and we have to decide again. Are we going to let it go and say, it's not about these things. It's always been about you. It's always been about him restoring a relationship between us and the father. And so wherever we are, we need to be with him. David in Psalm 23 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. But there's a key there. The shepherd was with him because David was following him. We can't, I think a lot of times we're in circumstances and situations where God called us to follow him and we said, no, I'm going to stay here. And then we find ourselves in the midst of this horrible situation and circumstances because we've done what we wanted to do. We step back into that position of lordship in our life and we're like, no, I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And Lord, you can come along with me if you want to. You, how about you follow me this time? And we stay there. And then in the midst of that, we want to quote Psalm 23 and say, oh, I'm in this horrible, horrible place, but you're with me. And Jesus says, no, I'm over here where I called you to follow me. And you're going to have to live in that until you realize and decide, let it go and come with me. And it's still not going to be perfect. It's still not going to be uh, absent of trials and circumstances. But now we can quote Psalm 23 and say, I may be in a place that's really tough. I may be in the place like Peter and the disciples where now we're having to walk through the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. But he says, if you come with me, I will be with you in the midst of that. And you can be in relationship with the Father through me. There's two verses we'll look at and then we'll close. One thing we have to remember in all of this is that when we follow Christ, our life is more and more about Christ and less and less about us. And there's a a quote from John the Baptist from John 3.30 that really uh, speaks to this. He said, he must increase and I must decrease. John the Baptist got it. He understood that he was only there to proclaim Christ, to lift up Christ. And his disciples were asking him and questioning him. He's like, he's getting a bigger following than you have, John. What's going on? And John's like, I was here to point to him. He must increase and I must decrease. It's not about me. And it's the same for all of us. Jesus calls us into a relationship with him to take us to the Father. But it's never about us. And even Jesus would say, it's not about me. It says he preached the kingdom and the father. He said, it's about him. I'm here to restore the relationship that you lost. In John 14, 5, Thomas puts to words this struggle, this search that we all go through and trying to find this way. And in verse 5, he says, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth 
and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And Jesus comes to us and says, follow me. Everything that I do is in response to the Father. Everywhere that I go is where the Father leads. And I want you to come with me. I've come to restore that relationship that you lost. I've come to be with you. I've come to be in you. And the Father's in me. And when I come into you, then the Father's in you. And the Holy Spirit is, is that seal on us. And that, that voice that speaks to us, that, that calls us, that leads us. And every day we get to decide, are we going to follow him today? And this morning, I just again, there's only two, two groups, of, groups of people. We're either already in a relationship and we're following him or, or we haven't gotten there yet. And so that first group, we're going to have ministry teams available. If you've never uh, come into that relationship with the Father, accepted that sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross to restore that relationship between you and the Father and to make this relationship possible, you can do that this morning. Or you're in a relationship with Him and you can look back at your life and you can see, yeah, this time I followed Him and that time I followed Him. That time I said no, and I remember how hard that was and what happened there. And and then I followed him here, and then I said no here. And the message this morning is just saying you can trust him. Every time he calls you to follow him, say yes. Whether you want to go or not, no matter what he's calling you to let go, he is going to give you so much more. He is going to replace her. He says, no one is going to give up family or house or any possession or anything and not gain far more in return if we're willing to follow him wherever he leads us. And I've, the more I walk, the more it seems like it really, it seems to get harder, you know, that he, because there's more and more to let go. And then you think, okay, I, I got that down. But then the next time that he says, okay, follow me, you've, you've already, you don't even realize you're gathering all these things till it's time to let go. And then you're like, oh my goodness, I've got all this stuff now that I've got to let go if I'm going to follow you again. But even in that, that fear and that hesitation, we know if we can just let go and follow him, it'll be worth it because we're going to be with him. In that relationship, he's the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father. No one can come into that relationship by him, except by him. And we can have that with him. But we have to follow. We have to deny ourselves. We have to have no association with who we were. We have to take up that cross that thing that he's going to ask us over and over and over again to do of that thing that we're like, but that's going to be so hard. He says, I know, but that's what's required to follow me. But I'm going to call you again, follow me, because i got a new place to take you. If you've been following him and you know there's things you're holding on to that he's been calling you to let go, I just want to encourage you this morning to let go you don't know what that might be pray ask him say lord what am i holding on to that i don't need to hold on to that you that is in my life that that you didn't call me to, to pick up show me what that is so that i can let go and follow you will you bow your heads with me dearly father we just thank you
We thank you for who you are. Lord, like the song we sang in worship, Lord, we don't, we're not coming for anything. We're not trying to get something from you. We just want a relationship with the Father. And you've told us how to get there. It's through you. It's with you. Lord, I just pray that this morning, if we never have, Lord, that this morning we would make that decision to go wherever you lead us. And Father, for those of us who have been following you, I pray that once again we'll just make that decision that wherever you call us, whatever we have to lay down to follow you, Lord, we're going to do that. We'll make that sacrifice because in reality it's not a sacrifice at all. Because we'll be with you. You'll lead us. You'll sustain us. You'll strengthen us. You'll be everything we need. We'll be in relationship with the Father. Lord, we give you all praise and glory and honor. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to newcovenantlampasses.com.